Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Gonna push tempo here. The Pelicans. Hold that follow through. He posed. That's right. This is what takes you to another level. Well, much like our most recent podcasts, Pelicans fans, I'm sure you know what the Pel is up. By now, the Pelicans have been eliminated from the 2019-2020 season playoffs and will not be getting their chance at the 8 or 9 seed going ahead in the bubble. An unfortunate ending to what was preceded with a lot of hope and four months of fun on this podcast, a lot of hypotheticals, lot of projections that didn't come to fruition. And today, Monday, following a sad Sunday and, and almost for some a hopeful Sunday as well in that Pelicans fans no longer have to suffer through the roller coaster of what this bubble has been for, for fans in New Orleans. There's, there was a sense of urgency among the fans, but a lack of urgency among players and then the coaching staff and the front office and expectations were high and expectations were not fulfilled. I mean, in, in all reality, expectations weren't that high given the way that the Pels played during the regular season, and given the way that this team was cohesive, given how Zion played this season, our hopes were justified. Six and two, they can at least go six and two. I mean, Jake Madison, locked on Pels, came on this podcast, who's been covering the Pels for four years, 800 episodes of Locked on Pels, came on this podcast, and we both said the Pelicans can easily go eight and oh, undefeated in the bubble. And as Pelicans fans have seen from years previous, hopes dashed. Just like that. And it's been an exciting time over the last four months on this podcast. It's been fun to bring you Pelicans content within a few episodes during the week, and it's unfortunate that it had to come this season. This season had to come to an end like this. But we know that the Pelicans are playing the long game. 
And there are some solutions to address as we go forward. But today is not one of those days. Today, here on Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans with your host, Elliot Clough, at Elliot Clough on Twitter, it's it's time to it's time to evaluate where we're at as we move into this period of saying what we believe the Pelicans could do, evaluating what they do ultimately. But right now we have to break down what has happened in the bubble what, and include what happened during the regular season. Because in the bubble, this team, the, the league, but this team specifically was under a, a magnifying glass. And throw in the heat of social justice and the heat of a pandemic and the heat of the pressure. You know what you do when you put a magnifying glass on, a, on an ant? It burns. The Pels weren't prepared for this. The Pels are the metaphorical ant in this situation. Whether it be youth, whether it be physical preparedness, they weren't ready. At the same time, we have to recognize what they did during the regular season and know this isn't something, the bubble isn't something that's normal. Does it justify their lack of performance? And I don't think so. But let's look at everything that happened in the last few days. We know that there was the collapse against the Jazz. The They didn't even collapse. They just fell through the freaking floor against the Clippers. Came out with no energy again against the Kings. Allowed 49 points in the first quarter. Won against the Wizards. I don't even want to talk about that. Because the Wizards, they're, that's not an NBA roster. It's not worth even talking about. They were down by nine to that team in the third quarter, too. So maybe it is worth talking about. And then came out flat against the Spurs. There seemed to be a bit of urgency, at least in the first like two minutes. And then they got down 14-3, and everything went out the window. Zion kept playing hard, and they ended up uh, Gentry ended up putting a lineup of guys who were playing consistently and, and playing hard throughout the bubble, and then threw the starters back in, and then everything went back to... Garbage, because Lonzo has really sucked, and we'll, we'll talk about that as well coming up here. But to start off, because it's been a little while, uh, we have to evaluate the the tough things from last week as well. The Kings' loss. I mean, I just said it. 49 points in the third quarter. 40 in the third. Bogdan Bogdanovich went for 35. What I'm about to say lines up with all of the losses, basically, in this playoff. Maybe maybe other than the Jazz, and not the playoff, but the eight-game seeding games. Maybe other than the Jazz loss. How can professional athletes not put any type of effort forth? And let alone the New Orleans Pelicans with the talent that this roster has. What is going on? What are we doing? I made reference to it on Twitter. This is exactly, ex- almost to a T, the exact kind of thing when the, the former USA men's soccer team player went on uh, Sports Center and had 
that rant about the men's team not making it to the 2018 World Cup. It's the same thing. What are we doing? What are we doing? There's so much talent on this team. Uh, I mean, Gail Benson just shipped, I don't know, I think she shipped seafood and classic New Orleans food to the players prior to the Spurs game. And what did they do? They just said, "Ah, sorry, still don't want to put effort forth. I mean, do they not want to play for Gentry? Do they feel like the front office doesn't believe in them? Is it a lack of leadership? Or do they really just not give a damn? Because you go back and watch games for March, looks to me like they do. What change? Do they just not want to be in Florida? Do they not believe in what the NBA is doing? Because that's not what we heard from the team prior to them going, or at least at the beginning of the bubble. And you know these guys aren't going to stick around to the end. They're out of the playoff race. You really think Zion, Drew, JJ, or JJ and Drew at the very least, the veterans, Derek Favors, they're going to want to stick around? Maybe the young guys? Sundarius Thornwell is going to stick around and play his ass off? But why would Derek Favors stick around? Why would JJ stick around? Unless JJ's really trying to fortify his position as a leader going into this coming year. I don't know why. And I genuinely genuinely believe that Derek Favors not only won't be coming back, but probably doesn't want to come back at this rate. I mean, we talked about it with McCade Pearson of the Home Court Press podcast. He believes that Derek Favors is going back to Utah. And this is another topic that will be addressed fully another day, but there's just no inkling. I mean, watch him play in these games. It looks like he doesn't care. And Pelicans fans reamed him, and he didn't take it well on Twitter. And I genuinely believe that could have caused a rift within the organization. I genuinely believe that. He responded to a tweet that said, Something about Pelicans fans pushing him back to go back to Utah and gave him the shrug emoji and favorited the tweet. And there's, like, in the grand scheme of things, socially, between players, that sounds really dumb, but we're in a young age. Half the players on the team are under 25. Don't tell me they didn't see that. Because they definitely did. This was after the Jazz loss. And then they proceeded to lose by 23 to the Clippers, down by 42 in third. That's a championship team. Of all the guys going into contract years, the only one I am positive I want to bring back is Josh Hart. Obviously, yes, Brandon Ingram. Yeah, Brandon Ingram. Okay. Brandon Ingram, absolutely, 1,000%. Then Josh Hart, not positive about Lonzo. He looked awful in the bubble. Awful. Offense, defense, can't do a lick. I mean, he stepped up kind of on defense. I mean, he's a good enough defender to where um, he was ready to go on that side of the ball. But offensively, turnovers, can't hit a step back shot. And he kept taking them. Can't get to the bucket. Can't finish. 
can't facilitate an offense, wasn't getting the offense going in transition. I don't know how many transition buckets the Pels got over the uh, tenure in the bubble, but it wasn't a lot, and it was far too few. And it was ugly. And that is almost entirely on Lonzo. Sure. Well, here's the thing. I mean, it's not entirely Alonzo. I take that back because rebounds, almost non-existent in the bubble. Comparatively to the other teams they were facing, hideous. Derek Favors is supposed to be the rebound and defense guy, and he wasn't doing jack. Zion, putting in effort, can only do so much when you're that big and don't have the fitness that you should. And who else is going to get boards? Melly? I mean, Josh Hart is out there doing all he can, playing defense. I mean, I, I just said it. Josh Hart is the name that sticks out that I want back the most because he's the only one basically on the entire roster that wasn't affected in one way or another by the bubble. He played his game no matter what. No matter the circumstance. We got Josh Hart in the bubble, out the bubble, practice, not practice. He is the same human being no matter the circumstances. And that is why I am confident that Josh Hart is the only guy that I absolutely want back. Obviously, yes. Again, I'm going to reiterate, I want Brandon Ingram back. Zoe had a good season, but after the bubble, damn, Josh Hart's the only one who looked like Josh Hart. He looked like himself. Drew was inconsistent. JJ you know, put up a fight towards the end, but, you know, shot selection wasn't fantastic. He can only do so much defensively. He's getting pretty old. He fills a great niche the Pelicans really needed, but long-term, and that's what this is about. It's just not there. Frank Jackson played way too many frickin' minutes. Melly couldn't hit a shot to save his damn life, and when he did shoot it, he seemed tentative. Nikhil Alexander-Walker played some significant minutes in this last game and put some effort out, which is what the Pelicans needed because nobody else was doing that shit. This is just not the same team. They were firing on all cylinders in March, in February. On the trajectory to do so in January and December. This is not the same team. The question going into this offseason is do we trust them to get back to that? Do we trust Lonzo to be the three-point shooter that he was in March, in February? Do we trust him to continue to play consistent defense? Do we trust Drew to fix the turnovers? To not play so inconsistently? Derek Favors, he's not freaking coming back. I'd be floored if he comes back. And the free agent class in terms of centers, not fantastic. Nothing went right. There are two wins. Two. Against the Wizards and the Grizzlies, who they match up with really well. Grizzlies was the one game that may have really given Pelicans fans hope. 
in this bubble. They just went full-on Pelicans. Like, not 2019-2020 Pelicans, like the last five years Pelicans falling flat on their face. This was ugly. And it's back to, well, next year. And the thing is that's nice about this is that it's actually, like, that is the construction by which the Pelicans are going forward. Trajan Langdon, David Griffin, Swin Cash, that's the plan. It's around Zion, hopefully around B.I., and obviously Josh Hart. But my goodness, folks, this is just, there's so many things that had to go wrong for the Pelicans not to really get a legitimate chance at the playoffs in 2019-2020. And they basically all went wrong. And I don't think I've mentioned it yet, but Alvin Gentry needs to be done. I, I mean, I said the conversation started... But if he's not done now and the Pelicans have a rough patch next season or, or start off rough, if it's anywhere near 6-22, and 22, he's gone. Like He is not the coach of the future, I can tell you that. Maybe not fired this offseason, but he's not the coach when the Pelicans are really going to be vying for something real. Because if it's really about the future and they really think that this long-term thing is going to be a championship push... Alvin Gentry is not the guy. He's not. We talked about this in, I think, in March or, or April with Chris Connor of the Bird Rights that Mark Jackson to Steve Kerr transition, Doug Collins to Phil Jackson transition, Dwayne Casey to Nick Nurse transition. It's just got to happen. As to who it is, there's a lot of names being thrown out there. A lot. And some people, like, there are people that are ride or die Kenny Atkinson, ride or die Ty Lu, ride or die. Apparently, Mike D'Antoni is being thrown out there because of the contract situation with the Rockets. I hate that. I hate it. I hate that. And again, we'll talk about that going forward. There's going to be a lot to talk about this offseason. So there's really no need to really dive into that right now. Pelicans need defense more than they need offensive help. So, because championship teams play defense, that's why the Rockets and Mike D'Antoni have never won an NBA championship and they never won in Phoenix either. So, I mean, good God. Like, the, the substitutions by Gentry are just awful i mean in the king's game the pels got within two and then he subbed everyone out and decided to play frank jackson and jackson hayes at the same time hayes just clearly has so much to learn defensively frank jackson has just played way too many minutes in this in this bubble he just doesn't move the needle and i mean against the spurs zion got going and then they got within four and he subbed him out and i get it he's on this burst minutes restriction but what the hell I mean, he. there's been conversation by, by journalists and such that say that Zion, I mean, he was frustrated in this game. They got rolling, he got in a rhythm, and then they subbed him out, which is just so freaking irritating for Zion, obviously, but for everybody watching basketball. It's like, they have momentum. Keep the guys who have the momentum in the game, unless they're starting to falter for whatever reason. You Like, if you're making a run, stick with the guys who are making them run. It's common sense basketball. And the, the, the comments that have come from the media and, and about this, this is what I've heard. I heard during a broadcast today is that 
Zion can be mad, but Gentry's trying to keep his job by listening to the medical staff. So that's why he's subbing him out. And I get it, but shouldn't you want to win games to keep your job? Like, I don't think at this rate, Gentry... Like, what are they keeping him for? What's the reasoning for keeping him? Because he's with this young core and wants to develop them? I mean, did he really do the developing for Anthony Davis or anybody else that's on the roster? He didn't develop each one more, I can tell you that. Didn't hasn't developed Frank Jackson. Any developing that's come from the Lakers, I would give the credit uh, from the players from the Lakers, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, Zoe, I would give that credit to Fred Vinson, not Alvin Gentry. So in this moving on, I'd like to think that the Pels would make a, a case to keep Fred Vincent around. And if not, he's going to be on another staff. He'll get a job quick. But Gentry's not the guy. He's not. Long term, I mean, maybe give him one more year. But if you're really about winning long term, he is not the guy, nor will he ever be the guy. He will not. He's a not a championship coach. He's just not. The bottom line from this podcast that I want to address over the last sweeping over the last week or so, last four or five days, and and you know, I I didn't get this last podcast done after the Kings game one because I was irritated and you knew I was going to bring some heat. So I, I'm sorry about that. My friends came up this weekend, so there hasn't been a podcast until today when I got to sit down and watch the game. But I I had an inkling that it was going to be the same message. And I didn't want to, you know, there's no need to flood the market with one message that you're probably going to be getting basically from all your other Pelicans content right now. And it's irritation, it's frustration, it's confusion, it's what's the next move. And it's a lot of I don't know. Some people think they know the answer, but if you really believe you know the answer right now, I think you're delusional. There's too many factors to be throwing into this to say, I know how to fix it, and this is it. That's not the case. That can't work. And we're going to continue to talk about all these things with other guests and get different perspectives because just one perspective can't be right on this. That's why we have so many guests on this podcast because people are coming in with different perspectives, different ideas. Diversity of ideas is key to moving forward, and that is how we have some success here in the podcast. But I was going to get into it, and then I got distracted. Bottom line here is that something has to be going on internally. Rhythm, absolutely. Threw him off for the four months. Zion having to head home for an emergency, threw him off for the four months. But something, I mean, not everything can fall apart like that. It was ugly. They looked decent in that jazz game and then fell apart down the stretch. Absolutely were dismantled by the Clippers. Beat the Grizzlies because it's a good matchup for them. Fell apart against the Kings. Fell apart against the Spurs. Yeah, again, they beat the Wizards, but whoopty frickin' do. Down by nine in the third quarter. I mean, what changed after that Jazz loss? They were playing well and then pissed it down their leg. What changes if he makes that shot? Is that Clippers game different? Are they still in the race right now? I think statistically they would be, numbers-wise, yeah. But why did they become so flat? 
you can lose games like that in the NBA. You can, and that sucks. And it can affect maybe the next game, not to the degree of 42 points, I'd like to think, in the third quarter. Or allowing 49 to the Kings in the first quarter and 40 in the third. Something's going on. There's something that we don't know. Derek Faber's fallout. Drew's lack of leadership. JJ fed up with the team. Zion not playing. The front office's lack of belief in the team as it's currently constructed. Alvin Gentry. The remainder of the coaching staff. Maybe it's a lack of trust in the medical staff. Something is not right. Something is not right about this team. You can't look at it at its face. There's not enough information to say, I understand why you lost by 23 points to the Clippers. I understand why you allowed 49 points to the Kings in the first quarter. I understand why you play awful in the first quarter every night. I understand why we are putting our future star, our current star, in bubble wrap at the age of 20. You can't say those statements genuinely and believe them. And we'll talk solutions. Here on the podcast, we'll talk solutions. We'll start talking solutions tomorrow. I'm sure we're going to talk on coming radio shows, other podcasts as well. We're going to have guests, like I said, diversity of ideas. I'm sure Chris Connor's going to come by, Ollie Cosell, Grub. Working on a, another collab with Propel's Talk. See if we can get uh, some other guys back on, Will Guillory, Jake. Because there are so many ways to get better this offseason based on what happened on the bubble. There are so many diverse opinions on Lonzo on who the next coach should be, that the only way to do it justice is to bring a diversity of opinions in. And we're going to start talking solutions tomorrow. Not just on these other shows, but on this podcast as well. And I want to hear from you. What do you think needs to change? If you can name one thing that needs to change this offseason, what's it going to be? We're going to put up a poll in the morning tomorrow to hear from Pelicans fans. There is one thing you think needs to change this offseason. What is it? What is it and why? And we can address those on the podcast. Pels fans, on behalf of the Pelicans, I'm sorry for their lack of effort, and I'm sorry that this podcast could not have been a happier occasion. There's still hope for the future, but not hope in the immediate future, and that sucks. We gotta be real. That sucks. You're still gonna be getting content here on this podcast. You're still gonna be getting quality content from myself, from other guests 
as well. You got to stick around over the offseason. It's another four months until basketball returns in whatever fashion that may be. But over that four months, like this last four months, we're going to continue to get you some good content here on Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans from myself, from other guests, in, in writing as well with the bird rights and in other fashions. To get links to writing to the podcast, head over to Twitter, go at Elliot Clough, I'll follow E-L-I-O-T-C-L-O-U-G-H. And again, a reminder, check out that poll when that is up. And while you're here, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead, subscribe, leave a rate and review. That really, really helps us out. And if you're listening on any other platform, go ahead and hit that subscribe or follow button. And if you have the option to leave a review, like on Stitcher, go ahead and do that. Go follow Believe on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and you can check out a plethora of their other podcasts on Believe.com or just head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play, wherever you're listening to this podcast right here. And you can check out some more Pelicans coverage on SB Nation's The Bird Rights, and that will include work from former guests like Preston Ellis, Ali Cosell, Chris Connor, Kevin Berrios, and David Grubb. And don't forget, fans, check out that Twitter poll. Uh, that'll be up hopefully around 9 or 10 in the morning. And if you respond to that, you'll get your chance to be on this coming podcast the following day. So once again, folks, I am Elliot Clough, and this was Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.